Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey everyone, just a heads up here. For this show, we went out into the real world with recorders, and in the real world, people swear. So, you've been warned. If I closed my eyes and tried to imagine the energy of the Democratic presidential primary right now, I might think about Elizabeth Warren's epic selfie lines or a house party filled with Bernie Sanders supporters. I'd think about that silly dance all the Buttigieg people do to his campaign theme song. But you know who I'd have a tougher time picturing? The guy who, for the last year, has been the Democratic frontrunner, Joe Biden. I'm not saying the energy isn't there. I just wanted someone to go out and find it. So earlier this week, one of our producers, Mary Wilson, she flew out to Iowa on a mission. Track down the Biden mojo. The first event I went to, the first people I talked to were just totally enamored with Joe. What did that look like? Was it like everyone wanted a picture with him? Was it... There would be these crushes of people who, after Biden was done speaking, they would surround him after a speech and want to get a picture with him. And it wasn't very, I mean, they tried to make it orderly, but it really wasn't orderly. It wasn't like he was in one spot up against a backdrop and people were queuing up to talk to him. He was surrounded by people. I know, that's why I said thank you again. People would just surround him and they would hug him and he would hold their face in his hands. What's your name? Eleanor. Eleanor, it's a pleasure. I met you in Waterloo, Iowa, when you ran last time. Thank you. He knew exactly when to say, I've been waiting all night for you. Where you been? Because some of these people had met him before. Some of these people had seen him on the trail years ago. We met you. I know. I remember meeting. I do. God love you. And when Mary talked to some of these folks, their support felt really personal. Like this one woman, Nell Duelius. I watched her during the Biden speech, and she was on this um, set of stairs that looked over the microphone where Biden was speaking. She just like was looking at him adoringly with a smile, and every once in a while she would nod. So I go over. And I plop down and sit next to her on the steps. She's with her friend Cindy and her husband Dan. Sorry. Just saying. And Nell Duelius, as it turns out, is kind of a riot. And I joked that she's like Joe Biden's long-lost daughter. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing how much like Joe Biden you are. It's like I have to, your arm is around me. You just kiss me on my forehead. You're like Joe Biden. And I say, why are you here? Why do you like Biden? And she goes, well, my family's always liked Biden. I met Biden years ago. He just was empathetic. He was so awesome. She's meeting just, Joe, and she says, hey, Joe. She says, you know who I really wish were here is my dad. He would love to talk to you. And Biden says, what's his cell phone number? You gave him his number, thinking nothing. What did you think? Nothing would happen. 
And he called my dad the next morning, and Bob answered the phone, my dad Bob. And Joe said, hello, Bob, this is Joe Biden. And he said, you won't hear shitting me. Come on, who are you? No. And then she's like, I just love him. He's, I just, I love that man. Love is a strong word. It sounds really emotional. It is. It is emotional. It is about love and empathy. He's saying, you know me. You've been getting warm fuzzies looking at me for years. I've been in the public eye. But there's also this other argument he's making. When the music stops and Biden himself takes the stage, Mary says he brings up something else. You know what I'm talking about. Electability. It's not just about love. He's telling voters, you might love me, but don't vote for me out of love. Vote for me because I'm the one who can win in a general election matchup against Trump. Can you think of any time when a sitting president has spent over $12, $14 million so far and risked being impeached by getting a foreign leader to try to say something he wouldn't say about me? Before even the He's telling voters, you might feel this with your heart, but vote with your head. I wonder why he's afraid of me. I'm going to beat the boy like a drum. So, folks, keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah. So this argument that he's the cold, calculating, he can win... Did you end up thinking that was a good argument by the time you left Iowa? I mean, it sounds really good, theoretically. But every time I pushed on it when I was there, every time I kind of interrogated it with someone, it just wrinkled up a little bit. On today's show, our producer followed Joe Biden around Iowa, and along the way, she started asking herself this question. For Democrats, just how safe of a bet is this guy? I'm Mary Harris. This is What Next. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by SAP. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI will not help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, or automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. So, Mary Wilson, you just got back from this weekend tour de force in Iowa. Yeah. But you weren't alone. No. I was with Jim Newell, senior politics reporter for Slate. (laughs) Can you describe, like, what we're driving through? Yes, we're driving on one of Iowa's many um, straight roads surrounded by nothing. 
Hey, Jim, did I annoy you when I was tagging along on this trip? No, you didn't annoy me. I felt like you were very uh, worried at all times that you were annoying me, but you weren't annoying me at all. That doesn't seem like my brand. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we do. Everywhere you go, you have to go an hour or two of nothing. Oh, I just missed my exit. Because I was talking to you? I'm sorry. Oh, I just didn't understand that. Mary and Jim, they were traveling around Iowa at this crucial time. The Des Moines Register had just endorsed Elizabeth Warren. Some polls had Bernie Sanders surging. So for Biden, he needed to be locking this caucus down. Every few hours, he was having another event at a community center with the NAACP in a fancy suburb at a union hall. The Biden campaign rallies looked a lot like I would expect them to look. They were... What does that mean? Well, I was with, um, I was following the Sanders campaign around earlier, and he had big crowds. He did three of his events at college campuses. There was a lot of energy. A lot of it sort of mirrors some some protests that I've been to. And, I, you know, I don't mean in a demeaning way. It's just the way it is. Like, you know, there's a white guy giving a performance of Bob Marley's redemption song. Because all I ever have, redemption song. There was a hand-holding exercise. There was call and response. Now repeat after me, power. Power. Transformation. Transformation. It sounds pretty earnest. It was very earnest and very idealistic and very hopeful, you know, trying to think about imagining a better world. Right now. Right now. Right now. now. Tell your neighbor thank you. And then... The next day you go to Biden and it's, you know, the crowds are a little bit smaller. They're often a little bit older. I think there are more traditional Democrats there who are just looking for a decent person who they know and trust, you know, not someone who's going to try to tear down the system and start everything over again. Um, that said, there does seem to be a an energy difference between the two candidates and in a caucus state where grassroots organizing is so important, I mean, that could be a situation where Bernie outperforms his polls by a couple of points. All that Bernie energy sets a high bar. But in this final week before caucus, Biden's team has had a little bit of an advantage. Both Bernie and Elizabeth Warren have been booted off the campaign trail, forced to serve as jurors during the impeachment trial six days a week. That means more time for Biden. And his events, they're smaller than Bernie's, but plenty of people are thrilled to see this guy. Why do I feel it? Because he's really good with people. Like, it is a, it's undeniable. Have you guys followed him? Like, have you, okay, you have, so you've seen. I think Joe is more from the heart. And I think that's what really impresses me. He knows what he's talking about. He's very down to earth, but he also speaks from the heart. I think he's a good man. He's just a great guy. He's a, I mean, he cares about his country. The first folks in front of a crowd like this are campaign surrogates, politicians and community members who are there to vouch for the candidate. And as Mary and Jim listened to these people talk, they were struck by how practical their argument was. They're telling these voters, electing Joe Biden is going to make our jobs easier. 
of the most frequent people warming up crowds for Biden was a member of Congress named Abby Finkenauer from like a district in northern, northeastern Iowa, this huge sprawling district. And Abby Finkenauer would hit notes like, if you like having a house that's run by Democrats, you should vote for Biden. We need him at the top of ticket because there is so much on the line. It is about character. It's about values, about who we are. It's also about keeping the House, taking the Senate, and making sure... Another very effective warm-up act was Colin Allred, who is from Dallas, Texas, and flipped his seat from red to blue, member of Congress. And he was saying similar things. He was like, you know, these down-ballot effects are real, and Biden is who we want at the top of the ticket. I mean, Colin Allred, the way he put it was... Iowa, we need you to give Texas Joe Biden because Joe Biden can win Texas and he's the only one who can do it. I need you to give Austin, Texas, Joe Biden. What do I mean by that? Joe Biden puts Texas in play. He absolutely puts Texas in play. I'm not kidding here. I don't know these names. A lot of people might not know these names. I mean, like, if you were at the events with these surrogates, like, they're not people I know. So, like, are people excited to see them? It's not it's not an excitement. It's funny because it's just not an excitement argument. It's not an emotional argument. There are these two things that Biden is saying at the same time. On the one hand, he's saying, you get warm fuzzies about me. I know you do, or some of you do. And on the other hand, he's saying, but vote like this is an intellectual pitch I'm making to you. Vote for someone who can win. And I'm going to introduce you to a state representative that you may or may not know, a few members of Congress that aren't even from your state. You may or may not know them, but they're going to tell you why I have such a huge coalition. Yeah, I mean, it was very much an argument made to the mind and not to the heart. I know people in my community who are looking for another option. And Joe Biden is the only person running for president who will get their vote. Mary Wilson, listening to you, it doesn't sound like you're sold on this argument that Joe Biden is the safe candidate, is the candidate who's going to ensure Democrats get what they need and become the dominant force in Washington. Well, I'm only there for a short period of time. I see four campaign events with Biden. I tried to see the Biden campaign going out canvassing and door knocking and talking to voters, but I couldn't. I couldn't open that door, you know. So all I have to go on is, where does the campaign let me in, you know? And it's at these rallies. It's at these stage-managed events where there's a speech and a couple warm-up acts and people who are there pretty much because they're on the fence about Biden or they already like Biden. Hmm. So you'd think it would be his best foot forward, you know? And you see at the different events, they're all located in places where Biden thinks he has a piece of the traditional Democratic coalition. This is something Jim and I would talk about a lot in the car, this traditional Democratic coalition. When the Biden campaign alerted Jim and Mary to an event with the Iron Workers International Union in Des Moines, they thought, this is it, a chance to see how Biden's playing with a key part of this traditional Democratic coalition. The two of them head over around lunchtime to see Biden make his big pitch. So we go into this low-slung building in kind of an industrial park. And this is where the Ironworkers Local 67 is. And already in the room are a bunch of guys in matching union-proud hoodies. 
and they're seated in a U around the microphone and the lectern where Biden will eventually speak. What do you know about Biden? And why are you asking me? They're asking you. They are the political props for this event. They are meant to confer organized labor support. They are the backdrop for this event. And they have been like curated and told like where to stand, where's your mark, what's your line. I'm a reporter. We work together, actually. Do you mind if I just ask you a few questions about the Biden campaign? Oh, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> and nobody wants to talk to us. Okay. Thank you. You'll find somebody. Like, you go up to them, what do they say? They say, oh, I don't know, I'm here for the local. The local by that, what do you mean? The local meaning, like, the local chapter of the union, like Local 67. I'm here because the bosses told me to be here. Our local supports him. Yeah. And, yep. uh, what does that mean, though? I mean, the local can't Well, as we... Uh, <laughs> you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> I go up to one set of guys, and they're kind of joking around. And I say, okay... You tell me. You tell me who... You point me in the direction. Like, lead me by the nose. Who should I talk to here? Who is the most political guy here? Is there... I mean, you know these guys. Is there anybody here who feels really strongly about politics? Right here. And so they said, okay, go talk to this guy. Go talk... See over there? That's Buddy Snugs. I went to high school with him. Oh, no. He's political. He's good. Go talk to him. He's the one he's that a, knows about the politics. He's good. Yeah. What did Buddy Snugs say? So Buddy says, yeah, I support Biden because the local supports Biden. No, I support what supports my local, what's best interest for the local, because my local is what feeds my family. Is he going to vote for Biden? Well, he says yes. He says yes. I do. I vote in the benefit, what benefits my family and my local, and we've chose Biden, and I think it's a good choice. Does that mean you're going to caucus? Yes, I will, yeah. Mm -hmm. What day is caucus again? Is it November? You're not going to caucus. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, are you going to vote? Are you definitely So what does that tell you about what Biden's support actually looks like? It tells me it's a little squishy. I mean, the only other person I could talk to in that room from the union who wanted to be political was this guy who, his name's Brian Atkins, and he's the political coordinator for that region of the union. And he was the only other person there who wanted to talk politics, even though he was there presumably to support Biden. And so I said, well, do you know who you're gonna support? You know, um, I, I, I do not yet. I, yeah, I, How do you think you're gonna vote? And he's like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm still undecided. I'm definitely not voting for Trump. I'm definitely voting for a Democrat. But I just don't know. What do you think about Biden? I just don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I haven't really decided on my own yet for which way I'm going to go, but, you know, I'm sure that'll become clear here in the near future. And a couple grains of salt to take with this analysis. This event was one of the last to be put on the calendar for the Biden campaign of the ones that I saw going up that weekend. We got the details very late. So it seemed like it was a last minute schedule item. Uh, the International Union, which represents about 120,000 people in North America, U.S. and Canada, they had just announced that they were endorsing Biden like a few days before this event. So they didn't have time to get people excited. Maybe. Maybe that's right. And they also, it was also on a Sunday morning, late morning, but a Sunday nonetheless, not, not necessarily a work day. That said, 
the campaign let us in, you know, like the, the event was put on by the campaign. So it was interesting to me that it wasn't like a slam dunk. Did your opinion of Joe Biden's strengths and weaknesses as a candidate change after your visit to Iowa? I saw such a small section, right? I was just there for a short period of time. It's like less reliable than a poll. It's just a snapshot in time of these events that the campaign put on and the people who decided to come out. But it is it is just so interesting to me that you'd think the people that are most gung-ho or the people that, you know, Biden wants you to think are the most gung-ho actually have some reservations. And when you push on that argument that Biden's making, that I can appeal to disaffected Republicans and I can appeal to conservatives and moderates, when you push on that, it kind of, you get the sense it's giving way a little bit when you look up close. Part of what makes Iowa so interesting is that back in 2016, the state flipped. Obama counties became Trump counties. And Biden's argument here, four years later, is that he can get those counties back. But the more voters she spoke with, the more Mary wondered if that was actually true. She kept thinking about this one guy she met in particular, Cornelius Wilkins. He's 74 years old. He's retired. He's planning to caucus. um, And he's for Biden. That was the best one, I think, you know, to bring the country back to where it was before because it's so messed up now. This man has messed this thing up so much. And he knows Biden can appeal to more conservative folks. And we get to talking and he's like, yeah, there there are a lot of Republicans out here. And I say, so these are your neighbors, though. You know, like, who they might vote for in a general. You know which Democrat they might go for. And he says, yeah, yeah, I do. I said, so who? I mean, who would it be? When you think not about what you want, but like about your neighbors, your conservative neighbors, what do you think which Democratic candidate could win them over? Okay, I, I would think that... Uh... He thinks and he goes, oh. I think... Amy would probably be, well... Amy. I think Amy Klobuchar. I think she because she's a Midwesterner. No, she's from Minnesota. And, that's a- and he's at a Biden event. You know, he's in the can for Biden. He's like, I've given this a lot of thought. I think they would vote for Amy. I'm hoping that you'll win it, but I would never know. So I asked Jim, how much should I make of all this ambivalence? I felt that the people I talked to were, they're prepared to vote for Biden. They would be happy with Biden. They like Biden. But it's just a question of whether they can bring the energy on caucus night. Jim Newell, Mary Wilson, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Jim Newell is Slate's senior politics writer. Mary Wilson produces the show. All right, this show was a little bit of an experiment for us, and we're super curious what you thought. So let us know. You can just tweet at me. I'm at Mary's desk. What Next is produced by Daniel Hewitt, Mara Silvers, Jason DeLeon, and as previously mentioned, Mary Wilson. Allison Benedict provides insight and thought and care to this show every day but especially on days like this one. And Lizzie O'Leary, she'll be here tomorrow with an episode of What Next TBD. I'm Mary Harris. I'll see you on Monday. In the latest season of Blindspot from WNYC Studios and the History Channel, 
Join host Kai Wright as he travels back to a pivotal moment in the history of this country. Decades before COVID-19, a virus tore through some of our most vulnerable communities while the wider world looked away. Throughout the season, you'll meet people who demanded that they and their illness be seen. Mothers, children, doctors, nurses, nuns, and sex workers, all leading to a woman who literally helped change the definition of AIDS. Blind Spot, The Plague in the Shadows. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I'm Dahlia Lithwick, and I'm host of Amicus, Slate's podcast about the law and the U.S. Supreme Court. We are shifting into high gear, coming at you weekly with the context you need to understand the rapidly changing legal landscape. The many trials of Donald J. Trump, judicial ethics, arguments and opinions at SCOTUS. We are tackling the big legal news with clarity and insight every single week. New Amicus episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen. <laughs> 